Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Got to thank the good Lord above for a gentleman by the name of Jim Ursay. It is Canty and Carlin in Fort Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We get to Aaron Rodgers' comments firing back at Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos in a bit. Christopher Davidson Canty, good morning. Good morning, big fella. We're in the studio, the same studio at the same time. I know. It's a nice It feels like it's been a while since that's happened. I got to tell you about what happened to me this weekend, too. Mm. I got hustled. And somebody used my godson to do it. We'll do that later. But I feel a way about it. I absolutely feel a way about it. We've got so much to get to, so let's not waste any time. Here we go! go, go. Only one place to start. If I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one's going to miss us. Jim has been very involved in the last two years. He's been a meddler. And I think he's put his general manager in a truly impossible situation here. How about that comment from Jim Ursay? Oh, my goodness. After Jonathan Taylor, uh, basically this weekend, stood his ground and said, I want out, trade me away. Jim Ursay, uh, in the same breath, says, I mean, I, I, I got to play it again. I, I got to play it again. It is such gold. I need you to hear it again. I mean, if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. I mean, you know, we know that. The national football rolls on. It doesn't matter, you know, who who comes and who goes. Uh, you know, and, and it's a privilege to be part of it. And now's the time, you know, for us to do our work. It's now's the time as an organization. And, um, you know, players that are, you know, 24, 25 years old, now's the time to seize the moment of greatness. Oh, that's amazing. And I'll tell you, the league does not mind Jim Irsay being their guy to go out and say what everybody's thinking because all of Jim Irsay's personal issues are out there for everybody to say. That's why when he went after Daniel Snyder, everybody was good with it. What are you going to do to me? What are you going to do to me? I've already had it all hit, and this is the same thing here. He just summed up every organization's feeling about the running back position in one sentence. If I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, nobody's going to miss us. And you know what? That's why I have such a hard time criticizing Jim Ursay. It's because he's saying the quiet part out loud. Everybody already knows that this is how the National Football League views running backs. It's not that teams don't think they're valuable. They just don't want to pay for him because of the nature of the position and how short the shelf life is, right? That's what this ultimately comes down to. The thing I will say is it feels like it's insult to injury, literally, because Jonathan Taylor is coming off of an ankle injury, had to have ankle surgery, Mm -hmm. and now he's in a situation where he started camp on the PUP list. And now it feels like there is this standoff between the running back and the team because the running back is coming to the realization that he's not going to get a top-of-the-market contract, which is what he's angling for in year four. So I I just – it's an awkward situation. It's clunky. And, of course, Jim Ursay commenting on it even makes it that more so. But, big fella, I got to say this, man. I'm siding with the running back taking a stance against the organization because that's the only way he's going to get the long-term financial security he's looking for. Well, we we discussed this uh, quite a bit last week. The young running back, when they have the hammer, has to be able to swing it. Yeah. And Jonathan Taylor, what his third year in the league, three years in the league now, yep. has the hammer. It's clear 
He's not going to have it again down the line. No. He's going to have to swing it. Now Jim Ursay is trying to grab the hammer away like he's Thor in some way. Here's the thing. That, that, I mean, you know what? And it's curious that he used the phrasing of it. Now is the time. We have to put in our work. We have to seize the moment. That's exactly what Jonathan Taylor is thinking about with his contract. Exactly. Now is the time. Listen, you want to win. You're breaking in a rookie quarterback. You need a strong run game and a strong defense to support him. Guess what? You're not going to have the former because I'm not showing up for work until you give me my new deal. And that's why we're in this position now where you're starting to hear reporters around the Colts float the idea that the team could potentially move Jonathan Taylor from the physically unable to perform list to the non-football injury list. Now, the difference between the two, without getting too far in the weeds, is that with the PUP list, you get your money. In the NFI list, you don't. And that's the problem. In other words, non-football injury. You suffered an injury that was not football-related, so we're not paying you. But Jonathan Taylor says, I've never had back pain. I don't have any sort of back pain. I've never reported Reported it before. Not sure who your sources are, but find new ones. He said that on Twitter in relation to this. So this is now what the team, this is how petty we are getting. The teams are now going to turn and not just not allow you to hold out, not just not allow you to hold in, but we're going to put you on a list and claim that you've got an injury that you don't just so we don't have to pay you. I mean, it is not just it. They're sticking the knife in, Kitty, and then there's twisting it. Yeah, and that's exactly what is going on here. And it's so dead wrong by the owners to do this when a position is getting financially marginalized like it is. Yeah, but here's the thing that Jim Ursay understands. I can't allow Jonathan Taylor to get away with this because this will establish a precedent and all running backs will try to get away with this. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, remember when Deshaun Watson got his contract and the uproar that Steve Bashotti from the Baltimore Ravens had because he knew how it would impact the negotiations with Lamar Jackson? Similar situation with Jonathan Taylor. If Jim Ursay caves and gives Taylor a long-term deal this preseason or early on in the regular season, what do you think every other running back that's had a solid three-year campaign on their rookie contract in the league is going to do? They're going to try to hold out after their third year and get their money. It's going to happen. It'll be like clockwork. Everybody is seeing what's going on with the position and the economics of it. Guys are going to have to do something. And Jim Ursay is trying to use how the Colts handle this as a deterrent for not only Jonathan Taylor, but the rest of the running backs around the National Football League. This is not going to be something that owners are going to tolerate. Okay, but here's, here's my bigger problem right now. It's Kenji and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. The owners in every way, and I know it's been going on for a long, long time, mm. but there has been more of an empowerment of players over the last 10 years. The owners are now really going out of their way, beginning with this position, but trust me, it will affect other positions down the line to show the players who's boss, to show the players that we can get other people to do this even if you're not here. And we are in every way going to downplay your importance in us making billions. For Jim Ursay to do this and now say, we're not trading Jonathan Taylor, no matter what. We're going to put him on the non-football injury list. We're not going to pay him a damn dime. It, could you be putting them in, 
contractual jail any more than you are. And if I'm the Players Association, Chris, this does not just become about the position. Mm. This becomes about the next five to ten years. What's the next position that's not going to be valued? That's what I have to be thinking about right now. What is the next position beyond that? How are they going to continue to cut back our money? This is the owners making sure they are in every way going to stick it to the players and get as much of it back that they've given up as they can. And as billionaires, they're better positioned to do it. Yeah, it's easier to get 31 billionaires on the same page than it is to get over 2,000 players on the same page. All right, your interests are more aligned, right? And some guys on those players are going to say, I need the money, I need the paycheck. Well, exactly. Just from sheer economics, there are guys that are on wide-ranging scale. Like, league minimum is half a million dollars, but you got guys making 51, 52, 53 million dollars a year. So, I mean, there's a huge disparity in terms of what the players' interests are in comparison to the owners. But to your point, what I will say is this. The Colts are running a dangerous game. It's been floated by Stephen Holder on our .com website and by uh, Mike Chappell, Colts beat writer. Like, they, they have been saying that the Colts could potentially switch Taylor to the NFI list from the PUP list. That is going to create a different level of scrutiny from the NFLPA as to what the Colts are doing. That, that could potentially create a situation where there is a grievance filed by the PA on behalf of Jonathan Taylor – because the player came in with a legitimate injury that we saw last year. Jonathan Taylor had to have ankle surgery, okay? This is something that was serious. He started on PUP. That was the team's designation. If you're now moving him to an NFI list because of a back injury, which he says he's never had, now you're talking about a dispute that is not going to be easily worked out. Are they just flat flat out making that up? Where can that come from? Well, here's how it can happen. If you go as a player, when you go into the training room, if you get a bag of ice, if you get ice and stem, if, if you get a hot pack um, and they put it on your back, they have to document, the athletic trainers have to document every form of treatment that every single player has. So even if Jonathan Taylor never complained about a back injury, if he goes in and he gets a hot pack to put on his back, guess what has to happen? It has to be charted by the athletic trainers. So that might be where this back issue is popping up. But big fella, we know what this is really about. This is the Colts trying to preemptively stop Jonathan Taylor from executing a hold-in because the player knows I can still get paid if I'm on PUP. If I start the season on PUP, I'm out the first six weeks. I can demonstrate my value by not having to be on the field. And then the team is in a position where they're forced to give me the kind of security I'm looking for. Jim Ursay is trying to preemptively stop that by floating the idea of moving them to the NFI list. But I would, at this stage of it, be shocked if they actually do that. Okay. Now, all of this aside, if this standoff does reach a point where the Colts are willing to trade him, who should it be? To me, it's whoever doesn't get Dalvin Cook in this mix. Mm. If Dalvin Cook ends up with the Jets, the Dolphins... Cowboys, there are plenty of teams that could use a high-end running back who is going into the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. He's going to be exceptionally motivated to go and win now. Teams that are positioned to win now, that a running back would infinitely help. 
Yeah, and I mean, here's the deal. What we're talking about is guaranteeing a guy the first two years of a four-year deal. That's, that's really what it comes down to, right? Mm. I mean, it's like, okay, listen, we'll give you a long-term contract, but what it really is is the guaranteed money. If you say to Jonathan Taylor, we're going to trade for you and pay you a four-year deal, $52 million, you think Jonathan Taylor's not going to take that? He has to take that. Yeah. It's $13 million a year for the next two years. That's $26 million potentially guaranteed. Of course you would take that. If you're, Barkley just if, went you're, if you're a team that's positioned to win now, if you're the Buffalo Bills, if you're the Miami Dolphins, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, how the hell do you not go after a guy that two years ago had over 2,100 yards from scrimmage and 20 touchdowns? Jonathan Taylor was an MVP candidate in 2021. That's how good he was. Not just in the running game, but in the passing game too. Why would you not take a chance on going after a guy like that? The Colts aren't ready to win now. So I understand why there might be some hesitation in terms of paying them a long-term deal because you're not going to get the return on investment you're looking for. But if you're those other teams, I would be keeping a close eye on how this thing plays out in Indy because Jonathan Taylor could be an interesting piece that's on the move before the NFL trade deadline. Canty and Carlin in for Granny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on your bundle, motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. On the way, we have got beef in the NFL, and there's nothing better. Plus, there are more aspects of this situation with Taylor and with Dalvin Cook that we need answers to, and we will get them from one of our insiders next. Canty and Carlin, in for Grinny, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast. If I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one's going to miss us. The league goes on. The hope here is that Ursay and Taylor's reps can just talk and try to figure something out. It doesn't look good right now based on the relationship, but maybe they can come with an offer down the road. Jim has been very involved in the day-to-day with this team, and the last two years he's been a meddler, and I think he's put his general manager in a truly impossible situation here. I, I'm a, you know, I didn't even ask you about Beyonce this weekend. Did you? Were you thinking about going or no? No, you no. We, 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 uh, first of all, I didn't go to the concert. My wife went to the concert, <laughs> okay. but she's from Chicago, so we went last weekend. Okay. This weekend, she was at MetLife. Oh, she went to both. Yeah. Okay. No, my wife didn't. My wife didn't go. His oh, wife your wife. Is, didn't his go wife is not Beyonce. Beyonce okay. was at MetLife. Beyonce Beyonce was no, at- I know Beyonce was at MetLife. <laughs> yes. And my wife went. Or no. I did not go. Okay. No, I did not right. go. Wow. <laughs> I would have gone, except that you know I didn't want to. Put so a you haven't seen Beyonce. Beyonce. Have Beyonce. You haven't seen Beyonce. Mm-mm. Have you seen Barbie? Uh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Thoughts on Barbie? I loved it. I loved yeah. it. I was trying to get Greeny to go with me last week, and of course, he went to see Oppenheimer and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Three-hour nuclear war versus Barbie. You, you know, we, we have to do it, though, big fella, right? You know we have to go see Barbie at some point. Oh, my point. gosh. Let's go. Yeah. We sure. have to go see yeah. it. It's, it's a good movie. little I mean, matinee. I, I'm in my Barbie era, so <laughs> I, will, I'm, I will totally join the crew. <laughs> it's Kenji and Garland in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch Greeny on the ESPN app. Just click watch, look for Greeny, and enjoy the voice you hear is that, of course, of Kimberly Martin, ESPN NFL reporter. Uh, let's start with what we just heard from Jim Ursay, who is just God bless him, the gift that keeps on giving. Jonathan Taylor, uh, this is, it really feels as strong as an open disrespect as you can have for a player. Not just, if you're gone tomorrow, nobody's going to miss you, but also, maybe we'll put you on an injury list so you can't get paid. Yeah, Jim Mercer, the gift that keeps on giving, except to his running back. Exactly. Um, I don't know, what I find fascinating about this is, I don't know how this Jonathan Taylor situation is resolved because the reality is he does not have leverage. If he does not play, if he does not show up again, then he can be fined. He could lose a, an accrued season towards free agency, which is not what you want to do if your ultimate goal is to get more money and be paid what, what you think you're worth. Um, but also listening to those comments from Ursay, they were so they were so outlandish in how – how out there they were, if that makes sense. Like, based on the actions, you could see Ursay and the Colt. They thought what they thought about Taylor, which is we're not giving you the money. Mm-hmm. But to say it like, to say it like, well, it's a privilege to be here. 
Um, if you are not here, we just keep on moving. That is the reality <laughs> of the NFL. So he's not wrong. But whenever an employer wants to diminish your value, the first thing they say is, well, you're lucky to have a job. Like, you're lucky to be here, let's be honest. Mm. Jonathan Taylor has worked. Like, this guy was in the conversation for MVP last year yep. at a point. Um, he's their offense. He is so dynamic. Their offense completely changes with him on the field. I would not want to consider a life without Jonathan Taylor, but I don't know if you're Jonathan Taylor. How, how you – knowing your owner said that out, out loud – I know you're a professional, but that's a tough pill to swallow. Man. Yeah, and Kmart, it looks like we're about to get into a stalemate between the team and the <laughs> yeah. player because there's a dispute with the PUP versus the mm-hmm. NFI list. And, of course, Jonathan Taylor starting on the PUP list, the Colts floating the idea yeah. that they could potentially move him to the NFI list, which means he doesn't get paid. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. But from my perspective, it feels like that's been floated out there uh, as a measure that the Colts are using to try to preemptively prevent Jonathan oh, yeah. Taylor from executing a hold-in. Oh, yeah, because Jonathan Taylor uh, said, I don't know who these sources are, but I, don't, I, I didn't report with back pain. Well, here's the reality. The issue isn't – he doesn't have an issue with the reporter. The issue is that info came from somebody inside the Colts building. Yeah. Why would the Colts want that info- information out there? Why? Like he's already being – this is what happens with, with players and organizations. You see it all the time when there's contract issues. All of a sudden we start hearing stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can always tell depending on the tenor of, of, of the message, well, Jonathan Taylor, selfish guy who's hurt. Like that is what's coming out of Indy, and that is – a guy who literally was the face of your offense. And when, when you had Carson Wentz, when you had all these, you know, you had Matt Ryan, you had all these quarterbacks, like Jonathan Taylor. He made was, Carson Wentz look like a serviceable quarterback. You know, and that, that's what's so frustrating to see because the, the game is rigged, unfortunately. And until the rules change, all these running backs are not going to be fairly compensated. Kimberly Martin, ESPN NFL reporter, joining us. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Uh, let's shift to Aaron Rodgers and his comments Ooh. firing back at Sean Payton. Um, yep. Just your Ooh. overall take of this entire exchange back it's and like forth. It's like that Shannon Sharp video, like, drink the Mountain Dew, like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> I love this. I absolutely love it. These are comments I love because going to Jets practice and, and report day and talking to Robert Sala one-on-one, the first thing he said to me is the outside perception of Aaron Rodgers, it may be that of a selfish guy, but I can tell you the Aaron who showed up here is thoughtful. He is caring. He get, spends time with his teammates, and not just offense. He spends as much time with defensive players, the DBs, the, the D linemen, and you see him spending time with Zach Wilson. What I love about this moment is he didn't raise his voice. He just said what it is, mm. which is, you don't get to talk about my family. Mm. And Nathaniel Hackett is his ride or die. Like, that is his boy. But what you see is Aaron Rodgers taking over and assume, it's in some respects, his comments are, are more forceful than what Robert Sala said. I love the Robert Sala of like, no, if you ain't popping, you ain't got, you know, if you don't got no haters, you ain't popping. <laughs> Cute, I say that. But I think Aaron <laughs> Rodgers saying, for, he calling him Sean Payton, for you to be that immature of a man. Yeah. To talk about another coach and to, to soften the blow, you know, when it comes to your season – I didn't care for that. Like, it was so calm but purposeful. And this Aaron Rodgers has shown us he is invested, and that was the big question we all had. If he comes to the Jets, is he going to show up? 
Is he going to be there yep. for OTAs? And he has done that and more. He, this building is sort of taking on his identity, and I think that will hopefully carry them through this season. Yeah, there's no debating that Aaron Rodgers has done and said all the right things yeah. since he's been a New York Jet. And Jets fans have been showing him a lot of love. Another player that the Jets fans have been showing a lot of love Ooh, is Dalvin Cook, yes. who was at their practices this weekend. They're chanting his name. Uh-huh. You saw it on the video. What, what, what's going on with that situation? Where are we at with the Dalvin Cook of it all? Okay, have you guys ever seen a free agent visit where that started with a media tour, NFL Network, ESPN, him on doing all these things, talking about all these teams, talking about the Jets. Oh, this is a team building something. They're on the rise. Aaron Rodgers love him. Da 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 da. It's heating up. Show up to practice. Talking to the owner, Woody Johnson, fans literally are cheering for him. It is wild. Like, it almost felt, when I saw a video, I was like, bro, just go in the building and sign that paper. Just sign a contract. Like, you already, you already contract. part of the team, bro. <laughs> but the fact that he did not sign, I have not, you know, I've been on my phone. The fact that I have not, got, not gotten a text yet that says Dalvin Cook is officially in the fold, that to me is interesting because he also has called playing in Miami. He's a Florida native. He's called playing in Miami a Cinderella story. The Patriots obviously were, were interested. I don't know what Dalvin Cook, if Dalvin Cook loves the Jets as much as the Jets want to add him or if he's just using these teams against each other, which I do not fault. If you're a running back right now oh. and you have any sort of leverage where you can try to get as much money as you can out of whoever, then then use that leverage to your advantage because Dalvin Cook is not in the same position as Saquon or Josh Jacobs. He was not tagged. So he can go out here, have dates, dinners, all sorts of things, get serenaded. But at the end of the, end of the day, I think the money, who has the money to pay Dalvin Cook what Dalvin Cook thinks he's worth? Okay, so who? last one, whoever misses out on Dalvin oh. Cook, should they be making – the call to Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, but here's the thing about trading for him. If you are saying, if you're Ursa and you're saying, I'm not, tra- we don't want to pay you. But we also want uh, King's Ransom to, to, clearly there's value there. Mm-hmm. So you're undercutting your own argument. But all these teams, the rosters are set, man. Like what, what compensation are you going to give now for D- Jonathan Taylor? I think you should try to do it, but... The reality of it is we're, in, we're almost in August. It's basically August. And for you to give up a t- ton of draft capital or potential player for Jonathan Taylor, I think most teams, as we've seen, the market for running backs is not strong. So why would you want to? Excellent stuff as usual, Kmart. Barbie, Appreciate you got to see it. We'll let you know when we're going to go. Apparently we're it's a going Barbie. to. We have to do it. It's for the culture. For the culture. We have to do it. Thanks. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know how good that's going to look, me sitting and Bro, watching when have Barbie. you ever been concerned about how, how things look? Come on. Wow. Come we'll on. go together. That's we'll, we'll, see what that is? That's a little. No, no, a little Jim Irsay No, no, no. I meant to. Why bit? would you care what the people think? We are out to have a good when time. have you ever been concerned no, about how No, that's you not how I meant it at all. That's not how I meant it at all. Oh, boy. You're the best, Kmart. Thanks. Thanks, Kmart. Kimberly Martin, ESPN NFL reporter here at Greeny. We're fired up for the MLB season, and luckily for you, our friends at Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, have great deals on great seats with a huge selection of tickets to this year's hottest matchups. Experience every crack of the bat, every diving catch, every heart-pounding play of your favorite team live and in person. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation two-a-days. Time is here. On ESPN Radio. The New York Jets. Blue 58. Go. This is Rich Savini covering the Jets. 
It's all about Aaron Rodgers and how quickly he can galvanize the offense. Rodgers knows the system, and he has a close rapport with OC Nathaniel Hackett, but most of the players don't. Rodgers is very particular. He wants things run his way. The Jets are giving him that freedom. Actually, that's one of the things that appealed to him about the Jets. Right now, he's trying to be a mentor, teaching the young players. He's also learning about his new teammates. Which guys can he trust when it gets real? This is very much a feeling out process and a race against the clock for week one. The Jets also have some moving parts on the offensive line, which certainly doesn't help matters. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. Okay, it's been an amazing offseason for them. There's no getting around that. The Jets, the vibes are as good as can be around one Jets drive in New Jersey. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. So naturally, allow me to... You're going to rain on the parade that they're already having for their, their, their championship team in 2023? I just, I just want to prepare you. Okay. Chris, I, I understand that we've heard all about ad nauseum Aaron Rodgers being banged up last year mm-hmm. and what happened in his final year in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. This is not revisionist history to say that Aaron Rodgers really didn't play well last year. He was 26th. 26th in QBR last year. 26th in the NFL in QBR. That's behind guys like Matt Ryan. That's behind guys like, oh, I don't know, Andy Dalton, Mm. Kenny Pickett, Kyler Murray, Mm. Jimmy Garoppolo. Not great. How much am I supposed to weigh in an injury and him being out on the field when I'm evaluating where he is as a 39-year-old player, where is that supposed to be? I expect him to feel great right now. Of course. He has had the offseason to feel great. The darkness retreat. Yes, mm. he's had it all. I'm worried about week eight. We've got some nicks and you know bags and, and some bruises on me. Is Aaron Rodgers going to still be playing at a high level at that point, at this age, and I more than have my doubts about it. It's fair to have those doubts just because of the age, right? This is his age 40 season. He'll be 40 when December rolls around. So you have to be concerned with what the productivity looks like. I get that everybody wants to look at last year as the outlier, but that's the the most recent information that we have about what kind of player he's going to be. I think he he's going to he's not quite going to be the the guy that we saw win back-to-back MVPs a couple of years ago, but I do think he's in position to be better than he was last year. Why? He's got a defense that's going to put him in better position. He's got skill position players that are going to put him in better position. We'll have to wait and see when it comes to the offensive line of it all. I don't love the fact that you're talking about relying on Dwayne Brown and Makai Becton as your bookend tackles. Mm. The interior trio of the offensive line is solid, but those two tackles are a bit of a concern. Um, head coaching is a concern once we get to December football, January football, when it matters and the style of play changes. So all of those things are, I guess, a part of the math when trying to project what Aaron Rodgers is going to be. But big fella, this is a championship caliber defense. They are that good. We've talked about it at nauseum. This defense is lights out. 
They can pitch shutouts. They're really, really good. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to go out there and be the guy that puts the team on his back. The defense has already got the team on his back. Aaron Rodgers just has to provide them competent quarterback play, be great situationally, two-minute, red zone, third down, and, and take advantage of the extra possessions and field position that his defense gives him. That's it. They don't need him to go out there and throw for 400 yards every single game. As a matter of fact, I would probably suggest that that shouldn't be what their formula for success is. No. That shouldn't be. It should be run game, play action, defense. That's how we're going to win games. The thing that concerns me the most about the New York Jets is not what they have on paper. It's not the talent that they have in the locker room. It's the intangibles. It's the chemistry. And that's why what Aaron Rodgers did in responding to Sean Payton after Rob Sala already did that concerns me just a little bit. If your team is going to take their cues from the quarterback – and respond every time somebody in the NFL world has something negative to say about them, they ain't gonna be they don't have time to focus on what matters most, which is putting together a game plan to put you in position to win football games. I get that. I also I, I think we'll expand on that in a bit. I, I also though worry about the hype factor. The hype is ridiculous. It's off the charts with this team. Sure. And we see this all the time in this league. Teams that are super hyped and they do nothing but disappoint. When was the last time we saw a team this hyped really, truly live up to it? I mean, okay, the Chiefs right. are just expected to be good all along, right? Yes. Yeah. Because of who they have. We don't hype the Chiefs. There, no. there is no hype there. No. Yeah. So I think the hype is real. Maybe you can tell me as a player I'm wrong. I believe the hype is real in terms of being a factor as to whether or not they're going to live up to it. Yeah. Well, here's what I'm saying. I mean... Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like, coming into a season, it, it it feels like it's Super Bowl or bust. Even though we know Aaron Rodgers is going to be sticking around for 2024, it feels like this is their window. They've got to capitalize on it. I don't have any reservations when it comes to whether or not they have the talent to do so. My question is whether or not they have the focus, whether or not they'll be able to develop the chemistry that it takes to win a title. Canty and Carlin did for Greeny, ESPN Radio, Series 6M Channel 80. The Jets keep adding players for this championship run that they're supposedly going to go on. Somebody else keeps shipping them off. Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. It's not a rebuild. It's not a fire sale. It's not a liquidation. This is just a repurposing of, you know, Steve's investment in the club. The focus may be even more on 2025 and 26 now than it is 2024. Trade deadline tomorrow afternoon, 4 p.m. Eastern time. The Mets already busy. It's not a fire sale, but uh, it's a fire sale. Yes. It's Kitty and Carlin in for Greeny. Starting stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. 
Canty, here is Buster Olney, ESPN MLB insider, on whether or not the next big chip to fall is going to be Justin Verlander after Max Scherzer was dealt over the weekend. And now moving forward, they'll have the same conversations about Justin Verlander, who, like Scherzer, has a full no-trade clause. And so the Mets are going to be talking with other teams about moving Verlander, if they can get his approval, repurposing his dollars and trying to buy a high-end prospect. Maybe the Astros will be involved. Maybe the Dodgers will be involved. It'll really come down to whether or not Verlander is going to be okay moving out in the midst of a multi-year deal he made with the Mets. Yeah, I absolutely love the idea of what they did with Scherzer the other day, yep. shipping off $36 million, repurposing that money, which is a new one. I haven't heard that before, but it fits. <laughs> it, it does fit. When you're doing that to go and get a high-end prospect, they got uh, a, a guy in Luis Anjal Acuna, who's the younger brother of Ronald Acuna, who immediately becomes the top prospect in the Mets organization. And right now, the Mets organization is middle of the pack. So if buying all of these guys didn't work right away, I think this is a great way to go. And if I were Verlander, why not? Houston's going to want him. He's very comfortable there. I think it makes all the sense in the world for Verlander, for the Mets, for everybody. And frankly, I applaud what they're doing. They're not trying to hang on for dear life here. Go do the right thing. Well, I mean, why would they be trying to hang on, though? They're not in it. No, they're not. They're not in it. But you never know when you have a new owner and somebody that doesn't want to give up on everything that they invested. We have seen people make dumb moves out of pure emotion, and you haven't seen that. Yeah, I mean, listen, when you look at the NL wildcard picture, there are five teams within two games of each other. Yeah. So there's a lot of quality competition, teams that are looking to upgrade. And if you're the Mets, why would you not take advantage of that type of situation? Trying to sell off a piece like Justin Verlander, who can be a top-of-the-rotation type of pitcher, a guy that can go out and win you a playoff game. Why would you not sell him off in order to get a win in the way of upgrading your farm system? That's absolutely what you should do. We have been talking about this for the last several weeks, big fella. The Mets got to find a way to salvage the 2023 season. If you're not going to get winning on the field, then at least get the next best thing, which is upgrading your farm system and putting pieces that can in place that can mature and develop into guys that can be core players in two or three years. Why would you not take that approach? Now, based on what I've heard, Justin Verlander is open to being moved. So if that's the case then I'd be surprised if he's in a Mets uniform after tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be stunned. And I, I think that he should want to go, and the Mets in every way doing this. You know what it turned, makes me think about? 2016 Yankees. Mm. This could not be just, when we call it a fire sale, that's one thing, right? But it wouldn't be a complete rebuild, tear it down, we're going to be three years trying to get back to competitive. It could be more of a, let's go get some high-end players who are not too far off from being ready to help us. Acuna has been tearing it up in double-A this year, mm-hmm. probably going to be in the big leagues next year. Yeah. So if that's the case, let's go get some guys who are high-level guys, we'll pay for them, and this will help us in the short term. It's a great plan. And if you think about the 2016 Yankees, they took what was a bad situation and turned it into a pretty good one. Yeah, I mean, you established a core, right? Yep, you established the core players. You were able to flip Araldis Chapman for Glaber Torres. I mean, I, no matter how you feel about Glaber Torres, that's a that's your starting middle infielder, and it's a guy that hit 38 home runs once upon a time. So if you can bring back 
pieces of that ilk or players that could be even better in terms of their potential, then why wouldn't you do it now? This is already a lost season. You're not going to win and compete for anything of significance. You're not going to be in the postseason. So if you can't shell your fans on winning this, this year, then why not go out and get other players that can help you in the future? When you look at this as a whole, what level of prospects do you need multiple high-level prospects back on Verlander? I probably do, because Scherzer is not what he was. Yeah. I probably need two high-end guys. I'll pay a lot of the money, yeah. but I need two high-end guys if I'm going to do this. Yeah, but it's the absolute right approach. And yeah. if you're going to, like, again, Verlander's been pitching really good. What did he go, five and a third, one-run ball yesterday? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that's, that's what you want. Like, if you're a team that thinks you can compete, you need a starter like Justin Verlander who you can give the ball to in a playoff situation, and he can go out and get a win. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.